as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Our guest right now to get a look at, uh, I guess, kind of a bird's eye view of, of what's going on with the triple demic so far. Because you you hear some hospitals in the in the in the country are overwhelmed. Some of them not so much than others. I, we want to get an idea of what's going on here. Doctor James Castillo is the Cameron County Health Authority. He's our guest right now on your nine five six drive home. So I guess uh, for those people that are keeping track, the the triple demic. What is it necessarily? Yeah, the triple demic is COVID, influenza, and RSV. I think we can add a whole blend of other respiratory viruses to that too, but those are the three that are really um, kind of going up right now in the country. That's interesting. What other respiratory illnesses go along with those? Uh, Parainfluenza, just like the common cold, uh, other other you know adenovirus, all the other things that we just kind of label as the cold. Like when adults get RSV, you'll think you had a really bad cold. You'll test negative for flu. You'll test negative for COVID. You feel pretty miserable, and you know there's a, you have to do this viral panel that looks at all the different viruses to figure out. Oh, it was RSV. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay, Davis Rankin yep. has his hand up. Go ahead, Davy. Doctor, is um, is this a worse time than in years past, or are we just more, particularly news news story writers, journalists, are we just more attuned to what's always been there? No, if you look at the numbers, it's definitely way higher, and and it's almost like. Uh, the best analogy I've come up with so far uh, is like a forest fire. So the forest hasn't burned in a long time and it's built up a lot of fuel there on the, on the forest bed. And now you lit a spark on it and it's all burning, right? Instead of having controlled burns where you get, you know, little forest fires here and there, it doesn't like mm-hmm. go through the whole system. Everybody's kind of reset. And now remember we skipped the flu for a couple of years. And so now everybody's, you know, we got a lot of potential, you know, flu victims here, a lot of RSV victims. You got a lot of potential people who can get this infection and it's just making a bigger fire. And, and that's the best uh, explanation for what's happening right now. Right. So we all are getting sick at the same time and uh, it creates a much bigger fire. And so like flu seasons come on earlier, COVID keeps evolving and it's going to, you know, keep getting you multiple times in your life. It's not going away. It it wants to survive. Mm -hmm. So now you've got flu, you've got a new virus, COVID that keeps mutating, and then you've got all the other old school guys who nobody's seen for a few years because we were wearing masks, we were isolated, and now you've got a whole bunch of potential hosts. You just how, um, how are the, the, the hospitals and the clinics keeping up with all this? How are, where do we stand right now? Uh, we're doing okay. I mean, the hospitals are all very busy with lots of stuff going on. Uh, you know, COVID kind of came up a little bit in the hospitals, but nothing 
nothing really remarkable. I mean, you have flu, which usually flu like dog piles on people with other health problems. So you have heart problems, you got lung problems, then you get the flu and then you land in the hospital. So it's kind of hard to pick, pick apart what exactly did it. Um, and, and then you've got all the other respiratory viruses, like RSV was causing a lot of news, you know, news headlines because of what it's doing to pediatric uh, mm-hmm. components of hospitals, because there's not a huge capacity for that. Thankfully, kids don't get sick that much. But when a whole bunch start getting sick at the same time, it can overwhelm the system very easily because it doesn't have a lot of capacity. And, and so it really quickly it can get overwhelmed if all of a sudden you got 10 kids get sick, you filled up your hospital. And so that can, that can happen and it's been happening. Um, and so that's, that's why it's more of an issue. Our guest on 710KURV, the Cameron County Health Authority, Dr. James Castile, we're, we're getting status of the triple damage. Now we've got uh, vaccines. That's what I was looking for. Vaccines for COVID. We've got vaccines for the flu. We have treatments for all the sorts of things. But RSV is a little bit of a different animal. Is that correct? Yeah, there's yeah, there's not so much to do to prevent it. Uh, not up to date on all the treatments for it, uh, and uh, but you know it's not one of these things where by the time you're doing a treatment, you're in the hospital. So it's definitely not an outpatient kind of thing. Um, I, I'm not sure where we're at with a vaccine for RSV, but for flu, we definitely have the vaccine, and people don't just tend not to get it because everybody thinks they're not going to get the flu or or what. But if everybody got the flu vaccine. Uh, we would reduce the number of flu cases by 60% across the board. And uh, we do have great treatments for it. There's a bunch of antivirals for flu. Um, you know, we've got antiviral for, for COVID now. Um, uh, COVID, uh, we've got the new booster uh, that covers Omicron. Uh, the new version that's circulating is a version called B2. Um, that's what's doing most of it now. It's like an Omicron descendant. Um, the vaccine can cover it, but not perfectly. So the, the virus is evolving faster than you can make vaccines for it. But having that booster will protect you against the worst it could do to you. In other words, put you in the hospital. And that's what it's been working. You know, people are, it's not overwhelming the hospitals right now, which is, which is really a good thing. Uh, doctor, this is Davis Rankin. Uh, before I get to the question, I've had two Pfizer's and then two boosters. Should I find the third Pfizer booster and take it or... What, what, because what, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the audience the same way. We don't want to have to go to the doctor, make yeah. an appointment to find out yeah. what he thinks. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't had the latest booster, the bivalent booster, right. And you have mm-hmm. any risk factors for severe COVID, uh, you should definitely get that bivalent booster. You know, if you haven't had COVID in the past three months, if you got COVID in the past three months, you're, you're probably okay for a few months. Um, but we're, we're, I think I suspect this is speculation, but I suspect we're going to see COVID come to the Valley sometime around Christmas, New Year's and get worse through January. So right now would be a great time to get the bivalent booster, the one that covers Omicron specifically. Mm -hmm. And it's not offering perfect protection against BQ. You could still get COVID, but it is prepping your immune system so that you, you have a lower risk of ending up with severe COVID, the one that puts you in the hospital. So it does work. It's definitely something people, especially if you have any risk factors for severe COVID, which is age, mm-hmm. obesity, diabetes, chronic health problems, cancer. Yeah, you want this. You want to be up to date on your boosters. Is there anybody t- typically who, who shouldn't get a booster or should talk to a doctor? 
to find out whether they should do it? What's a roulette? Yeah, the only people should not is if you had some sort of major anaphylactic reaction to the to the vaccine. And that's okay. very, very, very rare. Um, yeah. You know, if you've had COVID in the past few months, you're protected. Uh, people always ask me that one. It's like, well, I just had COVID last month, so I need the vaccine. You could get it. You could get it. But the vaccine seems to offer its best protection for a few months. So you, you can wait. You can wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the CDC, I think, is backing up that recommendation now. Uh, you can it's wait in- a few months and then get your booster, especially if you know you're heading into a wave. And I suspect we're heading into a wave coming up. Um, you know, coming up later this month and into January. So right now would be, if you're trying to time the wave, if you're trying to surf the wave with the vaccine, this now is probably the time to get the booster. So say I, uh, this is for the bivalent version of it. So say I got the bivalent in October, I should be set for another, what, two or three months? Yeah, you're, if you got the bivalent for October, you don't need it again. Uh, I think it lasts uh, officially at like six months. But, uh, it, you know, practically, it seems to be giving its best protection against infection, right? Like getting sick at all for three months. But the, the protection against severe COVID lasts much longer. You know, I think the problem with severe COVID was the immune system malfunctioning and attacking the body. And so if your immune system is already primed uh, with the vaccine or with a past infection to deal with this, if you already survived the past infection, the chances of it going haywire and attacking your lungs is much, much less. And with the flu shot, that's just yearly? Yeah. The flu shot's every year. They have to re- recompute that one to guess what the strain yeah. is going to be going around. I think this year it's like H3N2. And then you have the classic 2009 H1N1 still circulating every year. That thing has not gone away. So the flu vaccine has had that strain in it for every year for a while now. Um, but all healthcare professionals get the flu vaccine every year unless they have an absolute contraindication. Um, you know, it's something everybody should do. Uh, if everybody did it, we'd have a lot less flu than we do. Um, again, think about that forest fire analogy. If you can clear the forest of all that, all that debris, all that yeah. fuel, you'd have less severe forest fires. So if, broadly, if everybody is vaccinated, we see a whole lot less flu. Mm-hmm. Thanks for spending some Thanks. time with us and giving us that information. Thank you. Dr. Castillo, that's Doc Cameron County Health Authority joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of The Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. We're joined now by Harvey Kronberg from The Core Report. Why? Because he's up in Austin, deep in the heart of Texas. And what's happening in Texas very, very soon is the Texas Ledge for 2023. And uh, he's going to lay down the ground rules. So what are what are some of the things that the... Wine sales go rocketing. They go skyrocketing. Fine wine sales. So uh, for the for people that are new to the Texas Ledge, what is it? How does it work? And what are some of the more um, 
interesting things about how it gets started up? Well, uh, technically, what's going to happen uh, is on Tuesday, the uh, uh, president of the Senate will convene the Senate, and uh, they will uh, all say how what wonderful folks they all are uh, and get sworn in. Uh, over on the House side, it's a little more interesting because the Secretary of State convenes the House. Uh, they elect a speaker, uh, and then the speaker will actually, for the first time, lay out what his agenda is, what his hopes are for the session. Um, they don't... They don't do quite as much backslapping and telling each other how wonderful they are as they do in the Senate, but uh, uh, it's mostly celebratory except for that, that speaker vote. Sometimes speaker votes are critical, but this one's in the bag. We know that uh, Dade Phelan from Beaumont is going to be reelected for a second term, so the drama's gone out of that. Did they a get Chick-fil-A later, like Kevin McCarthy did? And that's where it all, where it all gets the to be rules, fun. The rules, the rules. Yeah, did, did they get Chick-fil-A like Kevin McCarthy did up in uh, D.C.? Boy, talk about a clown show! That's uh, they're trying. The Republican Party is trying to do that to its members, replicate the uh, silliness of what's happening up in D.C. by uh, demanding that uh, when they adopt the rules, that uh, all the Republicans vote to prevent the Speaker from appointing any Democratic chairs since they're in the majority. It ain't going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen. You know, this is Davis Rankin. That that boat has sailed, according to cliche, right? Well, the the. Um, uh, once upon a time, the speaker vote is what had the drama. This time, this is a loyalty test to find out who's on the team and who's willing to follow the party down mm-hmm. a blind alley. Uh, the The problem is that if you if you vote against uh, the speaker being able to appoint his own chairman, you've pretty much disqualified yourself for the rest of the session and maybe even the session after that. So if you are here in mm-hmm. order to actually represent a district, <laughs> then you have pretty much taken yourself out of play uh, for the whole session. Uh, there's lots of battles you can have um, uh, as the session goes forward, lots of disagreements you can have with the speaker, but uh, you, don't, um, uh, you don't try and inject policy into the rules, which is exactly what they're trying to do in D.C. Uh, the gang of 14 or whatever they are wants uh, guarantees that there'll be a vote on term limits, there'll be a guarantee of uh, a certain kind of vote on the border. You don't do that at the rules. You, you set up your leadership, and then you start having your arguments. Harvey Kronberg is with the Quorum Report, our guest on your 956 Drive Home, and back to the state of Texas, Davey Do Do you know um, a few of uh, uh, soon-to-be Speaker Phelan's uh, priorities, something he wants that we would relate to down here? Well, what he has uh, said um, in, uh, in private meetings to lobbyists and other legislators is, He's tired of the culture wars that have so dominated the legislature over the last couple of sessions. Uh, he wants to get back to things like education, like creating, uh, actually doing things that will help business instead of make it more difficult to do business in Texas. And most importantly, we have a massive budget surplus, which is going to mm-hmm. require the cooperation. Uh, it's going to require Democrats to vote in order to be able to, to we have something called budget caps. And we, We've got about $43 billion of our own tax dollars, but because of some arcane rules, unless we get super majorities, we can only access 12 of that $43 billion. We got kids mm-hmm. sleeping on the floors in CPS offices, the Child Protective yeah. Services offices. We have lots of very serious needs, and um, I think that, uh, what, that those are the kinds of things that uh, Speaker Phelan is going to want to focus on rather than bathrooms and 
and uh, transgenders and sports and what, things what like a, that. So you don't think this uh, this this chairman movement is going to gain any traction no. where the, the, the far righter wing Sorry. of the Texas GOP really wants to have an all, Republic, uh, all Republican chairs for all committees? Uh, I think that uh, uh, the chairman of the Republican Party is not has decided that he's not, his primary job used to be electing Republican majorities. Now it's trying to dictate policy to the uh, legislature. And if if he were able to be successful at that, then essentially uh, the, all the members of the legislature would be, all the Republicans would be uh, subject to for, uh, future bullying. Um, I think that that moment came and went. He's got, a, he's got 19 of the 86 Republicans who have, publicly signed on to his cause. Most of them are freshmen. Uh, the six or seven that are not freshmen have been backbenchers from the beginning because they'd rather have symbolic fights than substantively take care of their their, their uh, districts. I have a question for uh, Harvey Kronberg of the Quorum Report, who has seen and worked, I don't know how many uh, sessions of the Texas legislature. It would probably be good for the listeners to understand not what the fights over Democrat chairman and vice chairman, but uh, when, what what's the thinking that makes Republicans appoint Democrats? And back when it was the Republicans were almost in the majority, it was making Democrats appoint Republicans. When did all this? Um, it actually started with Gib Lewis, which will take you back into the late I, I uh, worked 1980s then. and early nineties. Yep. As and back in the days when there were only a half a dozen Republicans in the House and maybe one or two in the Senate, it was a Democratic state. Um, and uh, but um, uh, Speaker Lewis saw what the future looked like, as did um, uh, Lieutenant Governor Hobby at the time. And uh, they started. Uh, remember, we only meet for 140 days every two years. Let's let's put that in context. There's 140 days out of 760 days. Uh, that the legislature meets. We can do all the uh, the kabuki theater that Congress does and accomplish nothing, but essentially we've got to pass a budget, we've got to fund the schools, we've got to uh, take care of um, uh, rural hospitals, and if we just went off, and if they, they realized a long time ago, if the Democrats went off into their corner and the Republicans went off into their corner and agreed never to agree, uh, the state would stop functioning. We would not be the seventh Right now, we're the seventh. If you treated Texas as as a uh, an independent country, we'd be the seventh or eighth largest economy in the world. You could you can't get away with that if you've got teams that are are tribes that won't talk to. There was other. also an a, uh, an overt decision by some, I thought, to say we don't want to be like Washington. We're going to behave like we're not Washington. So forever, that's been the mantra. But um, uh, I know. Uh, this generation of, of uh, well, Everything there's, changes. there's Midland oil money that is driving this train and empowering these folks who want to replicate D.C. Uh, at one time, they told Speaker Strauss, we don't want to seat at the table, we want to blow up the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're flipping it over, yeah. Believe it or not, that resonates with me, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, let's blow well, it up and start There are moments of frustration, again. particularly in the last six weeks, where I think, uh, you may remember the movie uh, Animal House, uh, where Otter gets up and says, this calls for something really stupid, and we're just the ones to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Kronberg writes for the, well, he's the the founder of the Quorum Report. He joins us on your 956 Drive Home. We're talking about the Texas Ledge for 2023. So when does the, the fun start, and uh, what do you think the the first big 
uh, air quotes discussion is going to be? Well, once we get past this uh, uh, fake rules debate, um, where there's going to be some symbolic people who commit suicide in front of their colleagues, uh, we're not allowed, unless the governor declares some emergency items, which he typically does, usually in February, which is about when the, uh, the speaker will appoint his committees and his chairman, uh, we're otherwise prohibited from doing anything substantive for the first 60 days of our 140 days. So a lot of people laugh and say it's just a bunch of partying and uh, lobbyists uh, uh, schmoozing. And but uh, as we discovered during the COVID session last last session, that 60 days is really kind of important for creating a legislative community. And I I can't emphasize enough when you've only got 140 days and 90 of them are when you can legislate. You you go from uh, 10 miles an hour to 70 miles an hour within a matter of seconds. And um, that that sixty days proves to be uh, proved to me anyway to be pretty uh, pretty damn significant because that's when they the new ones find their mentors they start learning the rules they uh, figure out where the bathrooms are and it uh, and even for the senior members it gives them a chance to um, to figure out where their coalitions are for the legislation they want to pass it's. Um, it's easy to make fun of, but it really does have some substantial consequence, uh, as we discovered when we lost that 60 days last time, because nobody could get together. I was about to COVID. ask, do you think that they're going to stage another walkout? No. Sorry. No. Sorry. The, uh, well, remember, uh, it's a little complicated, but we had this so-called election integrity bill, and um, it uh, the, bill, the House passed a, a pretty reasonable bill that uh, Democrats didn't like, but they could live with. It went over to the Senate, was supposedly came back more or less the same, but the lieutenant governor and Senator Brian Hughes, who was authoring the bill, uh, secretly injected a couple of poison pills that really did make it into a voter suppression bill. It was a conference committee vote, which means that it's a straight up or down vote, no amendments. Uh, the speaker understood uh, that, there, that these poison pills had been inserted, that the Senate had acted in bad faith, and while he did not endorse the, uh, the the Democrats walking out, they really had no alternative because it was a it was an up or down vote. The Republicans had to vote for it, and frankly, uh, the bill stunk. They'd been betrayed uh, is is kind of the theme, right? So yeah, all right. Uh, the, the, uh, the most people think that the adversaries in Austin are Democrats and Republicans. That's not true. The uh, historically the the adversaries are the House versus the Senate. And the Senate has not acted in good faith over the last couple of sessions. You know, you know what? You're, um, you're reminding me, and we're short on time, but I really wanted to ask this. Yeah. Uh, the, the gambling yeah. thing is back. Do you think that's going to uh, survive this round? Um, the uh, No. Uh, and that's only because the lieutenant governor really doesn't want it. Um, I think there's more than... This would be a constitutional amendment, uh, which requ would require... Uh, two-thirds of the House and two-thirds of the Senate to send it to the voters. Um, and the voters, uh, overwhelmingly, whatever poll you look at, would support it. Um, uh, the governor doesn't have to sign the bill, but the lieutenant governor can keep it from getting to the floor. And uh, while he says there's no real interest in the Senate for passing this, again, that's not true. There's substantial interest in passing it in the Senate. Uh, but... Um, but uh, unless he signs off on it, it'll never hit the floor. Oh, boy, what fun. Hey, thanks a lot for stopping by, Harvey. Harvey Kronberg from the Quorum Report joining us on News Talk 710 KURV.
You're listening to an encore presentation of The Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. We mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. This is an encore presentation of The Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Tim Snyder from Matador Economics. He joins us now. Hey, Happy New Year, Tim. Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, we were wondering, what do you think? We, well, first off, let's let's start with uh, when was the last time we spoke? Close to Christmas time. Uh, any any uh, interesting developments in the oil and gas world that we should know about? Well, I guess other than the fact that that we passed that ridiculous omnibus one point five million sorry one point five trillion dollar spending bill that actually puts. Uh, you know more more taxes on oil and gas and more restrictions and and just you know a number of of uh, really restrictive uh, covenants on production for natural gas and and even all even you know some some issues in uh, the distillates the uh, just diesel fuel jet fuel those kinds of things um, that's that's one thing that's changed that I don't think anybody really saw coming really what. This is Davis Rankin. What um, what kind of change? Number one and number two, there was a small piece about President Biden reinstituting uh, waters of the Americas. Waters of the it, it essentially yeah, extends federal control yeah. federal control over bodies of water that you don't think they have control over now. So that, that's unless it right. gets tiny little bodies of water. Yeah. Um, and for our for our listeners that are down in the valley that are agricultural producers, that that affects them, you know, quite Directly. substantially. It could be a creek that's that's a hundred feet long and may hold water twice a year during the hurricane season. It may be, you know, up here on the South Plains, it could be a tailwater pit. We used to call them tailwater pits, but it's a spot that captures uh, irrigation water after you've irrigated the crop. Um, those kinds of things, and the federal government's taking hold. Uh, of those, um, uh, there, I think that's a, a sub- substantial overreach by the federal government, primarily the uh, EPA and the uh, USDA in managing these things. It's just more government, more restrictions, and uh, less could freedoms. Have, it could affect oil and gas um, uh, activities, I would think. It, it certainly could, although we don't do a whole lot of, of, of freshwater stuff. Uh, with oil and gas, but but you know, stepping in and working with, you know, the the waters that we use. A lot of times we take we pick up brackish waters. In other words, more heavy salted waters um, from deeper aquifers to use when we're fracturing a well and doing some of those things. And it's it's just tough because because they're just making they're picking every little piece that they can uh, apart and creating a hardship. For oil and gas, which means 
the prices for those items will go up. What What do you think? Uh, I don't know what the price of oil is now and gasoline by the gallon, but what uh, What do you think is going to be a year from now? You know, I think we're going to probably see, I, I will tell you, you know, six months from now, we're probably going to be over $100 a barrel in crude oil and probably back over $4 easy uh, in the uh, gasoline and, you know, distal, it's maybe up towards 4 or 5 dollars Crude oil took a pretty, pretty serious downturn today just based off of some economic conditions that, that you know, there's concern over uh, uh, another round of inflation that's kind of starting to, to play mm-hmm. on everybody's mind in the market. So that's making a big difference. Um, there's a lot of pieces to this. Um, without specific action designed at, at correcting these governmental overreaches, um, I don't think we're going to see any improvement in the pricing that we've seen on gasoline, diesel, natural gas, jet fuel, all of those products. And you'll also see ancillary products that are related to this uh, have to go up because, you know, things like processed foods and all those kinds of things, they all have a, a significant portion of their pricing that comes from, from uh, fuel. Tim Snyder is an economist with Matador Economics. You can find the newsletter at matadoreconomics.com. We're talking about what's to come in 2023 for oil and gas. And uh, do you, you, don't, you don't see Biden opening up the, the drills anytime soon, do you? No, I really don't. I will tell you, though, we've had, you know, ExxonMobil and Chevron both have, have uh, committed CapEx dollars to to increase. I know that uh, Chevron, uh, I believe they've got about $17 billion that they dedicated uh, for uh, new production this year in 2023. Um, and uh, that's, a, that's like a... a, a Thirty percent increase in their capex over last year. Exxon Mobil, however, has decided they're going to put up to twenty-five billion dollars a year uh, into future projects for the next five years. So that could be something that could help. The only problem is we know that the production, the cost of production, is going to be higher, uh, and that's that's a pretty big issue. What would you like to see happen in in twenty twenty three? What would really bring the prices down, and can that even happen within a year? Um, well, it could happen if we would have the administration say, look, the economy is most important. We need to settle this economy. We need to stifle uh, the inflationary trends that we have. And we've got to pull the Federal Reserve off of their um, hell-bent-on-election plan to uh, raise interest rates and continue to do it and not have any sort of, of uh, backup plan to back off. They, unfortunately, a big portion of what we're dealing with inflation-wise has been maybe exacerbated at the very least, maybe even to the point of, of being caused by the Fed and its inactivity. They should have been active about a year before they did, and now we're finding ourselves tail-chasing, and that's a troublesome place to be. As far as electric vehicles are concerned and the development of those and I think in the state of Texas, they're talking about, hey, an EV tags. You know, I mean, uh, all of these little perks for the EV guys, they're uh, starting to go by the wayside. I had seen, an, I had seen a, what was it? I don't remember where it was, but there was a, a couple that had rented a, a car during this cold weather, and uh, they, had, they, they couldn't keep the car charged because of the way the weather was and the way it was affecting the battery. Uh, do you are you right. going to do you think we're going to see more pushes for EVs this year? 
sadly, I think there's something going on that nobody's told us all about, that the uh, big car manufacturers are spending way too much money on this for this to be just a, a hey, a market condition changed and we're going to go chase a market. Uh, they're driving a significant portion of what we're dealing with here. We don't have infrastructures in this country um, that are prepared to handle the massive amount of electricity that we're going to need just for electric vehicles. Forget about just all electric heating and air conditioning during summers and, and winters and those kinds of things. We've got some real issues that are at play, and, and I'm quite concerned about that. I'll tell you guys, I had a conversation with a uh, railroad commission uh, person um, in the last two weeks at a meeting, at a private meeting with a group, and um, they're doing as much as they can to keep things put together, but they know that we must have a significantly greater uh, effort to uh, manage or increase the infrastructure for transportation of the electricity from oil, from wind and solar to get it to the points where they need to have it, or this whole thing is just a total wash and a disaster of epic proportions. You know, I'm remembering this way too late, and we might not have enough time to talk about this. So I'll just I'll ask you uh, if if you have if you can encapsulate the Atmos Energy thing that's happening with the governor in Texas here. Ouch. Or do you think that would take? Uh, <laughs> or do you think that time. would? Let me just tell you, there were three major uh, service areas that went down during the cold front that hit just before Christmas. Um, there was an area from Plainview, Texas, south. That's in South Plains. There's an area near uh, Leander, which is north of Austin. And there was an area in Dallas-Fort Worth area. That is all being managed. That's being managed by TCEQ, not the Railroad Commission. And there's going to be an awful lot that needs to be discussed about this in the coming weeks. <laughs> and with you, too, perhaps, later on this week or, or next week. Yeah, that's why I was saying. I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but I just wanted to mention it to see if it was something that we should explore later or not. Thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it, as usual. And Happy New Year. Yeah. That's Happy New Year. That's Tim Snyder from Matador Economics. You're listening to an encore presentation of The Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. your day with news and interviews important to you with the Valley's morning news weekday morning starting at 6. Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan bring you the latest headlines and hourly discussions with AccuWeather to get you ready for your day and special guest interviews on topics that affect you and your family. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. We'll let you know enjoy the show. It's what you need to start your day. The Valley's morning news with Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan. Weekday morning starting at 6 on News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Uh, last week on Thursday, uh, we met with uh, Andrew Sternkey, who is an expert on uh, cybersecurity and cyber threats. And the topic of VPNs or virtual private networks came up. And there's a lot of questions about these, what they do, what they don't do. So we welcome Mr. Sternkey back to the show. What is a, a virtual private network? Thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, so uh, virtual private network or VPN basically uh, reroutes uh, your actual IP address uh, to a VPN server. Um, and 
it will basically scramble it, secure it. And so your address is virtually unknown to people outside. How, um, what are some things that a VPN does and what are some things that a VPN does not do? Like what are some healthy expectations to have? Yeah. So, um, so, so by the fact that it, you know, scrambles up your IP address, your, your internet provider doesn't even know what you're doing through their, um, internet service. Uh, your geolocation will be, um, masked. And then also your, your search history. So, you know, if you're just online doing whatever uh, searches and you want privacy, um, for the most part, that will also be masked unless you're using something like, you know, uh, Google search with your Chrome account. Uh, Google will see what you're doing, but specifically um, your Internet provider or any other uh, individual out there that is trying to uh, track you via your um, IP address, they will not be able to see that. Um, your your internet provider will not see what you're downloading um, from online. And the, re- the reason that um, IP um, companies are looking at what you're doing, downloading and stuff, because they're able to actually uh, resell that data to businesses uh, so they can target consumers. And so, you know, if, if you don't want to be inundated with uh, different marketing things, you know, that's, that's really helpful. Um, another thing that it helps is, you know, for individuals that are really into gaming, a lot of time uh, internet service providers will throw out your bandwidth uh, just because of the larger downloads and uh, the, um, the streaming aspects that gaming takes. So if you're using a VPN, uh, you know, they'll not be able to do that. And so it's not just for gaming, you know, even if you're streaming movies and, and, and uh, whatnot. Um, and then anytime that, you know, you're sending personal information uh, via the VPN, um, it's, it's encrypted and it's protected. Um, so just think of it as like a pipeline directly to where you're, uh, sending that information, that pipeline is being protected. Uh, but some of the things that the VPN won't protect is, um, is, you know, your actual account activity. So if you're using a VPN to connect to, let's say, Facebook or another social media platform, um, that specific platform will know that um, whatever activities that you're doing, um, it's just that your uh personal IP address is scrambled. And then um, a VPN does not protect from, uh, you know, viruses, malware, or whatnot if you're uh, using that to connect to a site that is infected. Because uh, in turn, it'll, you know, communicate back to your device and c- could potentially affect you. So, so Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter if your interconnect, if your internet connection is is masked or, or whatever. If there's somebody, you know, inside of your computer phoning home, all of your personal information, it's kind of a moot point. I I, I understand that. It's uh, Andrew Correct. Sternkey. He's our guest on your nine five six drive home, and he's from Juris Disputes and Investigations LLC, which is a, an investigation and cybersecurity firm. We're talking about virtual private networks on your nine five six drive home. Davey, I know you had some questions for Mister Sternkey. Uh, well. 
I I may have misunderstood what a VPN is. I thought it was something you like. You're going to go to a coffee shop to work. You turn on your VPN to block uh, evildoers lurking wherever they lurk. That, that's number one question. Number two, does this protect you from the police if you're doing something online you're not supposed to be doing, which I'm not doing, but I'm just curious. Yeah, so um, good question. So, so a VPN, um, you know, that that is a a software that is downloaded or an app that's downloaded onto your device. May that be your laptop, your a cell phone. So, uh, w- what it does is the the minute that you know you're sending out data from your device, it, it's encrypted. Okay, so um, so all it does really is is protect people from seeing that, you know, you are at that coffee shop you know, using that specific wireless um, connection and, and pinpointing your geographical location and your device um, uh, address and pinpointing directly to you. But with a VPN, they're not able to do that. However, like I said before, um, you still can get malware because let's say that, yeah. you know, your VPN is connected to a website, but that website has malware. Well, they're just sending malware through, you know, that secured pipeline yeah. right back into your device. And that's why you still need um, antivirus and other malware protection for your device. What are okay. some, uh, I'm sorry, David, to, to cut it off, but what are, what are some traits to look for in a good VPN? Uh, we don't have to name brands in particular, but... Uh, I mean, if you do, it's fine. But what are some things to look out for? Because I know some of them, some of the free ones, they do the opposite of what they're supposed to do. They actually record your data and they send it to third-party people because that's how they make their money. Yeah, um, I mean, so, I mean, I'll I'll throw a a good brand out there. You know, it's Proton. Um, I would highly recommend that. Um, It's free, um, you know. and, And so, I mean, most VPNs, they're, they're going to be good. I would just read into it um, because the whole point of having a VPN is to uh, give the data security, you know, and, and that data security, uh, which is encrypted, um, you know, is, is applicable to any entity that's, that's trying to, you know, look at your communication. May that be the government or if it's a private entity. Our guest is Andrew Sternkey. He is a cybersecurity expert, cyber threats expert. Our guest on your 956 Drive Home. We're talking about virtual private networks right now. And is would you say is is it worth it for is it worth it to shell out for for a VPN? One of the I guess the pro level ones, the pro tier ones. Um, it, it definitely is if you are used to sending a lot of. Um, personal identifiable information, uh, financial information, uh, if you own a business, um, for, for, for things like that, absolutely. But, I mean, I, I think, you know, in today's uh, world, with, with how cyber threats are always evolving and cybersecurity evolving with it, um, you know, everyone needs to have a basic VPN on their device. And then using the, the, the paid services, if, um, you know, you want to put your whole family on the same one or if you're using it for a business. Would you use it 24-7 or just when you don't feel like being tracked at the moment? No, 
always use it because uh, there there are ways to backtrack, um, you know, identity finding ways of, of backtracking, even if you're using a VPN. So, for instance, let's say that I'm using a VPN, but but I'm always using um, that VPN, and, and it's always going to uh, my Facebook page or an, another thing, you know, there, there's ways to backtrack it, even though that communication is encrypted, if that makes sense. Uh, is there another way of saying that? I think I kind of lost you on that one. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the bottom line is you can backtrack a person that is using a specific VPN but that's kind of hard just, just because, okay, I'm just, I'm just trying to think the, the easiest way. <laughs> we, we have time. It, it's okay. It, it, yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, the bottom line is if, if you see all these different VPNs, you know, going to the same personal website of someone like a social media account, then they can keep track of all the various VPNs. But um, your typical VPN uh, connection, it, it, it's always, you're using a different VPN connection. So it's going to be pretty tough to track one individual, even even if you're monitoring, let's say, their social media uh, website and, and you're able to see connections that way. Okay, so it's a, it's a little bit like so, whack-a-mole, so basically, but there's like a I mean, home that, base that's before like, you know, the... government security level, which most people will not have to deal with. So I, I guess it's like, you have all of these different, um, I guess, access points through the VPN to, say, your Facebook page, but it's also you're also accessing it through your main ISP um, IP address, which would be the home base account. So it's like they're going to put two and two together and triangulate, I guess, and figure out that it's you because you have all of these different IPs going to the same page. Right, right. But so, so it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's extremely difficult. I mean, so it's even, like you're creating you know, more footprints. Almost that, that's something that your typical, you know, law enforcement won't even have or anything like that. But um. I see. I see. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. Hey, well, thanks for yeah. uh, breaking that down and explaining to us. Uh, it's Juris Disputes and Investigations LLC, JurisDI.com. That's Andrew Sternkey, our cybersecurity expert, cyber threats expert, joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURV. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. 
stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.